When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Manchester is Red with me, Rich Bay, where we will be discussing all the latest talking points surrounding Manchester United. Make sure to subscribe to us on Audioboom and iTunes to never miss an episode. I'm joined this afternoon by James Robson. Hello. And by Kieran Kelly. Hello. And there is only one place to start on this podcast. United embarrassed in the Champions League last night, knocked out by Sevilla at home. 2-1 home defeat after 0-0 in the first leg. There was warning signs after that trip to Seville, and they all came to fruition last night. The worst nightmare for Jose Mourinho. Kieran, you were at the game. What did you make of the performance? Yeah, um, just trying to think of a positive from it. I think only <laughs> Lukaku, even before his goal, was one of the few players to have really um, held their nerve on, on a European night at Old Trafford. Um, it's just so disappointing um, when you think going on the back of that Liverpool win. Palace come back, the Chelsea come back. Considering what had happened uh, between now and the last time they played Sevilla, um, it, they couldn't have gone in better form. Where Sevilla obviously went into it with home defeats mm-hmm. uh, against Valencia. They'd and, lost to Atletico 5 2, lost to Ibar 5 1, yeah. and they played generally the same starting 11. There may be three or four changes, but. Yeah, and I, I know they are a bit of a cup team. They have a long history of, you know, how five times Europa League winners, yeah. their Copa de Rey finals this season, so they're not a bad team. And they had that comeback as well in the group stage, you get to yeah, Liverpool, three yeah. down and came back to draw that. But, but, but you felt Mourinho was always giving them almost too much respect. Um, think of how he set up in Seville, okay, getting the nil there wasn't necessarily a terrible result, but it meant that United really had to set their stall out early on, really this was a chance for them to send a message to Europe's elite that, yeah, we're a contender this season and it started okay, um, but just some of the decisions were, were odd. You know, Marion Fellaini coming in when Scott McTominay's had his best game of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, Marcus Rashford playing on the, the right after playing so well on the left. I don't know, was Mourinho trying to almost shock Sevilla um, by just going with some interesting selections? Um, but it, it, it didn't work, and the players looked, looked a bit frightened. Um, you know, you think they, they have come of age um, under Mourinho in the past. You thought that Palace game was a real watershed moment for them and they just looked unsure of themselves and kind of not really knowing, oh, should we throw bodies forward? There was just a, a strange kind of, you know, what do we do kind of aspect to it. And the fans, you know, fed off that. There was, there was real tension and and nervousness around there and naturally that suited Sevilla because the longer the game went on the more uh, Russian roulette it felt because Sevilla only <laughs> needed one goal and away goal counts twice and that's what happened ultimately they scored um, you know with about 15 minutes to go and um, in the second half United you know, really didn't have a, a chance of note until you know Sevilla struck first so it's really disappointing I think if they had gone out to uh, you know a, a Madrid a Barcelona 
and, and played well and, and played bravely, um, it wouldn't have felt like this. But like what a lot of United defeats this season, there's kind of this hangover and this bitter taste where they've really let themselves down. You know, I think the Newcastle game, the Huddersfield game, I put that in that racket. So that's that's what I made of it. I will stay. <laughs> James, uh, as Kieran touched on, there's no no excuses today, really. And United fans have really voiced their opinions after this game. It's been maybe out of all the defeats I've seen, this is the one that's really agitated United fans. Well, that's kind of the that's that's always the case, isn't it? Yeah, the the just like the next derby is the biggest derby yeah. since the last derby. Uh, the last defeat is always the worst defeat. It just so happens that this one was particularly wretched. It was appalling. There are no positives to take out of it. Um, I take Kieran's point about. Lukaku may be taking some credit, but uh, I would look back to the first leg and I thought it was a dreadful miss, the one chance United had. Yeah. Look, it wasn't an easy chance um, in Seville, but it was uh, uh, the, the one chance that forced you a £75 million striker. If that falls to Cristiano Ronaldo, it's the goal. It's a completely different story. In the second leg, he scored that goal, but he missed a decent chance just before yeah. it. You know, I, I, I think our concerns about Lukaku were that would he do it on the biggest occasions? Um, I'm certainly not putting all this down to Lukaku. There, there's so many players <laughs> to blame here. But you know, you, when you when you set up in the way that Mourinho did abroad, then you need to take whatever chances you get. And he missed a good chance there. Um, what happened last night was what I feared would happen. I'm not um, being wise after the fact. Anyone who uh, was 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 out with me for a drink after the game in Seville, the uh, they would have uh, the other journalists would have heard me say I could see this being very tight at Old Trafford, nil nil, and a late goal. As it happens, they scored two late goals. Seville, um, yeah, they were appalling. You know, the book stops with Mourinho, but also every one of those players because. It's not just a case of, oh, Mourinho's got his tactics completely wrong. He doesn't tell Paul Pogba to kick the ball out of play when he's unchallenged and mm-hmm. trying to find Lukaku. He doesn't tell Sanchez to never, ever, ever <laughs> play the ball to the feet or into the path of one of his teammates. Always play it just slightly to the side <laughs> or slightly behind him. You know, United are so slow in their build-up um, in general, um, but you're never going to have any pace if every pass is just off. And I thought Sanchez was shocking. Um, as was Pogba, so it's, it's certainly not Paul Mourinho. Um, just a horror show, I know why United fans are, are so upset, and so they should. Um, Mourinho was suggesting afterwards, oh well, I've been here when United have lost in the Champions League before. <laughs> yeah, every, you know, I, I covered a lot of those games. Yeah. Every time United lost in the Champions League, Fergie got absolutely slaughtered. Yeah. And it was generally suggested, oh he can't do it in Europe, can he though? Mm. So... Mourinho, welcome to the club. <laughs> you said that then. Um, the, the the blame is that the, the players were awful, d- despite if Mourinho's going to take much of the flack. But why are the players playing so badly? These are superstar players. That it's not as if these are prospects that you can give a bit of leeway with. These are players who have been brought in to perform right now. There's no excuses. Is that down to the manager? Is that down to the way United line up? What what is it? Well, they've got to be the. <clears throat> there are numerous reasons for that, isn't it? It's not just one. In terms of finding the reason why, that's. Mourinho's job, yeah. isn't it? Um, looking at them yesterday, they were frightened. So that's on them, isn't it? The, if you're a, a superstar player, you don't get scared or overawed by the occasion, certainly not at home, no. certainly not against Sevilla. Uh, or at the Bernabeu, maybe you could forgive it, you, you wouldn't, but you would understand yeah. it more, let's say. Um, so that's on the players. But in terms of the kind of, just the cluelessness, I think that's 
Mourinho's got to look at himself and say, why am I not getting my message across? Because, to be clear, I don't think there is any chance that Mourinho's message was, right, whatever you do, don't get the ball out of your own half. You know, don't try to shoot, <laughs> whatever you do. Let's see if we can get into penalties at home. I don't think that was Mourinho's no. plan. So, therefore, he's got, to say, he's got to say to himself, where have I gone wrong here in terms of getting this message over? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It just it is worrying when you think his two biggest signings have been Pogba and Sanchez, and they've been the two players whose form has just plummeted in the past five weeks. Um, when you think Pogba so much has written about what formation, the start of the season he's playing four two three one, and everything was hunky dory. Yeah. Um, then when he plays four three three against Everton, he's his best game for the club on New Year's Day. But then when he's been playing a four three three lately, he's been poor. Sanchez. Playing on his favourite role on the left, most of his games is, he's played there, um, and despite an encouraging start, he's 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 getting worse by each game, I think, and dramatically, so. yeah, and it's it's really worrying because um, he'll be feeling that more than anyone. He's a winner. He, um, you know, he cares. He's he's not a mercenary. Um, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I think. You know, it, it falls to the players and Mourinho for me. I think the way they start the season, and there's that quote, you know, he says, um, I let my horses run free, and they didn't look like <laughs> they're not the stable, horses. Have they? No, they, they didn't. They looked very, like, you know, put in the stable <laughs> last night. So I think there's an element of recovering that confidence, which seems really ironic to say when, as they said, they had a brilliant win against Liverpool, and some of the... the Blistering football they played in that was, was really good. Um, so you, you just hope that somehow they learn from this going into next season's competition. But I don't think it's a case of spend two hundred million and it's going to be fixed. I think there there are deep line issues there that are you know remains to be seen if they can be solved um, going forward. Yeah, like you said, one step forward, two steps back this week, almost for United. Um, like you said earlier, Marcus Rashford had such a good game on the left against Liverpool, and he's played on the right last night. Alexis Sanchez, the fans are calling for him to be dropped. Do you think he needs to be dropped? Do you think that will solve the, the issue at the moment? I think on the basis of last night, you drop him, because he was dreadful. Um, he wasn't particularly good against Liverpool. He was awful against Crystal Palace. Um, he's putting in a series of absolute stinkers at the moment is the truth of the matter Um, in that I would again I'd I'd have to put some blame on Mourinho because I'd say well the the Sanchez I'm seeing at the moment is not the Sanchez I saw at Arsenal it's not the Sanchez that I thought wow if he goes to City he's going to make them even more unstoppable if you like if he goes to United that could be a game changer in Europe Um, I I don't remember seeing him play as deep as he's playing um, Mm -hmm. when he was at Arsenal Um, and I don't know if that's because they're not getting the ball to him quickly, quickly enough. He gave, so gave the ball away 20 times last night. Mm-hmm. Well, it felt like more. because, <laughs> Well, I think other players actually recovering to, to save his yeah. passes probably did save that being a far worse statistic. Um, I, you've got to get, for me, you've got to get him closer to the box. That's where, you know, he's a goal scorer. Look how many yeah. goals he scored last season. He was on a par with Aguero last season. He's a goal scorer. He's not going to score goals just inside his own half, out wide. No. Um, Cutting back inside and and playing the ball back, you know, when you're a, a these sort of like modern day forwards and you play them on their opposite side so they can cut inside, that's not meant to happen around your halfway line. You know, it's meant to cut inside in the box like yeah. Rashford did on Saturday yeah. and hopefully score goals, wrong foot defenders. Not do where he's doing it. Um, 
So unless you're going to start find a system that make, that works for him, you, you've got to drop him because other players are being affected by this. You know, last night it was Rashford. Now I would say um, I don't think Rashford is blameless in this either. I, I, I just can't accept this idea that. Um, oh, he doesn't like the right. He no. He's right-footed. Yeah. You know? um, Especially there's that cross that he tried to play from the Lukaku that absolutely floated out, and it was, like, it was shocking. It doesn't, doesn't matter which wing you're playing. Yeah. You should be putting those. Well, into the did he have two free kicks last night? Yeah. Both with his right foot, and they were both dreadful. Yeah. You know, use your right foot. You know, you know how to use it. Um, I, I think it's not too much for Mourinho to say, "I'm sticking you on the right. Do a job there." You know, it's up to you. If you can't do a job there, you've got to question yourself. Um, but there is no doubt that he's better on the left. Um, Marshall this season has played well on the left as well. Sanchez isn't warranting that place at the moment. Do you think that the uh, the, the demise of those midfield sort of performances is, is due to the fact United can't play such a high line with the defenders? The wingers don't have like, overlapping fullbacks all the time to rely on. Yeah, I mean the that's the thing with Young and Valencia. You know what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, they're not going to get any better between now and the next three seasons. Um, but he trusts them, you know. Yeah. Shaw, for all the resurgence he's had this season, um, three league starts in 2018, um, Mourinho isn't going to sign a left-back in the summer. He's, he said as much, he's abandoned those plans. He's you know, contemplating giving Shaw a contract, which is such a remarkable turnaround, but he didn't even get in the squad last yeah. night, you know. And he's, you know, the typical modern-day attacking fullback when he's fit and firing, obviously. Um, and with Valencia, I thought he had a, another poor game, and there are times when you know you're thinking what's happened to him a bit as well. So I think the 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 fullback situation is it's very Mourinho. He, he doesn't necessarily play with those fullbacks yeah. who will go to the byline um, like maybe other managers. But I think there are almost bigger issues in that team at the moment, and I think with. Sanchez, when he played alongside Shaw um, away to Huddersfield in the Cup, Shaw was just having to almost do the job to yeah. men defending. And Shaw's biggest strength is having that freedom to go forward. That return against um, CSK Moscow, he did that brilliantly. And that was the kind of moment people like, he's back. Um, so for me, as, as a, a left-hand side, if he had Shaw and uh, Sanchez together that's an obvious weakling so I can see why he's going with Young there but again it's a knock on effect Sanchez has had on so many players Pogba, Martial, Rashford uh, even Shaw um, and he's just got to f- figure it out you know I think Shaw is an interesting case in point and a worrying one because how many player situations since Mourinho's been at United has he resolved mm-hmm. you know Shaw has been an issue since he got there. Yeah. And he's not resolved that, has he? You know, Shaw seems dissatisfied. Mourinho seems dissatisfied with him. Um, here is a player that the club was so excited to get and yeah. they thought this is the left-back for 10 years. Yeah. Um, and England thought that as well, didn't they? And he doesn't look anything of the sort. And Mourinho's come in and he's not resolved this. He's had a go at him in public. Uh, he brings him in and then praises him and then drops him immediately. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this life. is a player who probably hasn't got a clue what is going on yeah. in his life. Uh, I would also say that Shaw has his own questions mm. to answer there as well because you look at him and uh, he still doesn't look like what we would expect uh, a top-level athlete to look like, does he? Uh, no. Putting it kindly. <laughs> um, but Mourinho hasn't resolved that issue, which would make me concerned with the whole Pogba situation that there's clearly something going on there. Mm. And 
is he going to be able to resolve that or is it a case of you're going to have to get rid of the most expensive player in the club's history on the back of two pretty unsatisfying seasons and then you start again don't you you know it, you should be building on building on now at the moment not dismantling what you've already the bricks you put in place Mkhitaryan being a case in point couldn't resolve that issue he's got rid of him he's brought in Sanchez and that feels like another issue now yeah. is he going to be able to resolve that and, and you kind of look through the squad and you think alright how many of these players has he improved right so McTominay we'll, we'll have him yeah. he's done a good job with him but Romero. as good as he's been <laughs> um, Jesse, Jesse Lingard is the shining yeah. example isn't yeah. he uh, Rashford Inglises, in and out yeah. but you know he's a young lad so you, you accept that um, in terms of the signings he's made, uh, Lindelof was on the bench last night. Lindelof has been dreadful, yeah. hasn't he? You know, he's a 31, 32 million pound defender. He's not, you expect more from him. You don't expect him to be on the bench in the big game, do you? I mean, how many United fans uh, would have wanted Chris Smalling to be a starting centre-back uh, in the last 16 of the Champions League? Not many. You'd think, oh, a big summer signing would yeah. have been alongside Bailly. He's not. Yeah. Bailly's like the one who's really shone, isn't he? Uh, around that, you know... Uh, I think Lukaku has generally had a good season, but there have been points where you thought he could have had a better season if he yeah. played him to death in, in you know, like around that sort of like November, December time. Oh, yeah. like every single thing, bring, yeah. in, bring in Rashford, maybe give him the rest. Well, he's... Exactly, you know, you, you, you're absolutely flogging him there. Yeah. And you think, well, is that the best way to treat him? Uh, I don't know, Lukaku obviously feels appreciated, but you're not necessarily getting, he didn't necessarily get the performance levels you would want from him. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of looking at player for player and thinking, well, actually, which ones has he improved? Which situations where he's had a problem has he resolved them? I'm not really sure where. Left back, United are in as much flux as they've been since ever left. Yeah. I don't know. So third manager now to have a pop at it and he can't do it. And his answer's been Ashley Young, who, okay, uh, I accept that according to social media he had no salary in his pocket, but... <laughs> You know, <laughs> uh, Ashley Young isn't necessarily the long-term answer at no, left back, is no. it? So I'm, you know, I'm looking around that pitch and I'm thinking, actually, well, what areas has he resolved? I still don't know what United's best formation I'm is. About to ask that in March and what is United's best eleven? I don't forget anyone. I don't know. Well, he started against Liverpool. That was it looked as close to a four-four-two as I can remember United playing in a long time. Yeah. Uh, Sanchez was right up next to Lukaku, and that was really effective, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, I understand why he hasn't done that in Europe because it's yeah. no one would do that in Europe these days, but. That looked as close to United looking really good for, I don't know, maybe that, the Arsenal game yeah, away. Yeah. Game away. Yeah. But again, as good as that Arsenal game away was, how many chances did they concede? Yeah. Yeah. You say no one would go 4-4-2 in Europe. A year ago today, Leicester beat Seville 2-0 <laughs> in Europe playing 4-4-2. Maybe there's a one to that. Seville were awful like that. That is the caveat of that. Um, Leicester were resurgent as well. But um, we spoke earlier before we came on there. Um, Last night's defeat, was that one of the worst? Well, it was one of the worst defeats post-Ferguson. Where does it rank amongst the others? Well, we were trying to work, work them out, weren't we? Yeah, um, there was definitely that Moyes... The Everton game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was at that game. That, that was a horror show. Um, there's no denying that. But, I mean, the Liverpool one, where, yeah. what was it, 3-0 at home and Joe yeah. missed a penalty? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and Derby. And shouldn't yeah. he have got another penalty as well? As yeah. the, you know, it could have easily been oh. five. The Derby was as... No the, tr- the trouble is with the derby they've been City have won so many times now yeah. it's hard to just pick one out as, uh, as being the dreadful <laughs> yeah. so it's, it, 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 that was as bad as anything under Moyes last night I'd say yeah. um, and we were talking about the Van Gaal period weren't we those glory days yeah it? it's just no like bravery or you know the way sometimes if a team loses you're like oh but 
And you often see just, f- fans say, oh, we want to see the commitment, we want to see the fight. There wasn't that, was, and you, you get that in a Sunday league team when they lose, you know. So These are like, they're dead easy, you know, they're always, for fans, it's always so easy yeah, to say, oh, where's the, where's the heart? <laughs> you know, um, oh, they've got no plan B, you know. It's always those same cliches, isn't yeah. it? But I've rarely seen the United, I say rarely, actually, yeah. to be honest, since Fergie left, there have been too many occasions where you've seen United so utterly clueless. Yeah. There were times under Van Gaal where you just thought, well, you watch it, I have just no idea what's happening here. They don't seem to know what's yeah. happening. Um, they're losing and they don't seem to be trying to score. You know, Like last night when it was nil-nil, I think it was just before the, the first goal, there, there was just a period of where, they were, where United were passing it um, from one side of the defence to the other. Yeah. And it wasn't that they weren't looking forward, because they were looking forward to see where they could play it, but there, was, there were just no options. Yeah. I was like, well, this is nil-nil at home. And you know the longer it gets, the more nervy it's going to get, as it happens straight after um, <laughs> uh, severe score. But you just can't... Like I said, that, that cannot have been Mourinho's game plan. That, that, that's what it, it can't have been... I don't know... So what is the reason for it? I don't know. But it, it felt last night as bad as it's been since since Fergie left, yeah. I'd say. That's the thing, because every time you think... They're, they're going for lift-off, you know, yeah. they have these run of games, and then you get, you know, as I said, a, a Tottenham or a Huddersfield, or just a real spanner thrown in the middle of a run where it sets them all back and all these questions rear their head again. So it's really frustrating because you look across town and consistent city have been, I don't just put that down to them spending more no. money. I think it's just falling to place there. And I suppose the only potential crumb comfort is to think, you know, last season... Uh, City went out the same stage Champions League yeah. and they, they finished the season without winning a trophy I know United you know, can still win the FA Cup but the way they rallied and, and got on point and all got on the same page was, was so encouraging for them you just hope it can happen with United but obviously Mourinho's got this thing where third season it's always a bit <laughs> delicate so he's got a He's got a new generation now with new players, how they need to be managed. And he's got to somehow deal with that, deal with all the expectation and defy what we're used to, uh, you know, all the other clubs where it just blows up a bit. Well, if you're looking for, um, I suppose, that was good, um, is the right term. <laughs> I know, man, you're, like... you're saying that the third season syndrome yeah, with Mourinho yeah. is that uh, it tends to all blow up, doesn't it? But I suppose you could say usually the first two seasons are good. so good, yeah. Um, well, we've not seen that yet, yeah, right, exactly. so so maybe there's going to be a different way of working at this. Maybe work in reverse, yeah. who knows? Yeah. Um, I suppose if you're looking at um, yeah the comparisons to City last year, United should probably finish higher than City finished yeah. last year. So, again, you know, the, there are lots of things you can say that, oh, actually, you know, it's, it's not that bad a season. And it's I know it's very difficult in the fog of what happened last night to remember this, but United are unquestionably in the ascendancy under Mourinho. Yeah. They are going forward. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. They're going forward. They're on course. We don't think they're going to finish fourth, do we? So they don't finish fourth. Straight away, it's the highest finish since Fergie left. Yeah. Compared to last season when they finished sixth. Sixth. Yeah. sixth. Massive improvement again. Bigger improvement than what City have made. Um, uh, I, I did a piece just the other week. At, at City, uh, before that Chelsea game, it was... Uh, uh, um, after the Chelsea game, sorry, it was a 40-point swing on Chelsea and United's was 30-odd points on Chelsea. So, yeah. again, you see the definite definite improvements there. Um, the problem is, like Kieran says, around that, something like that happens and you start thinking, 
how fragile were all these posit- positive signs. Mm. Um, I mean, for instance, last night, what Mourinho's got on his side and what Van Gaal had on his side was history in that that felt unlike out of character. But if that had been Moyes, you would have said, Probably. this is why yeah. he should never be in charge of a top club. This is why yeah. he's totally out of his depth at United. Mourinho, could, Mourinho can rightly point to, well, hang on a minute, you know I can do it in Europe. Something freaks happened here. We don't. I, I, I'm sure there's going to be some fallout, and maybe um, we'll find. I don't know. Maybe something like Ronaldo in the World Cup suddenly passed out in the dressing. I don't know. Something. The, the entire team. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. What was it? The, the Tottenham game for the Champions League where they all got oh, food poisoning. Yeah, It would be the only way to, to explain away something yeah. like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think what we need to see between now and the end of the season is clear improvement because I think if you think about City last season that Everton game was like a real that was a real nadir of their season oh, yeah. where they got thumped away from home yeah. and I remember the Tottenham game and that was like the first time that Guardiola put out this system where it was just ludicrously attacking you thought well hang on who's the defensive player here at, from basically midfield back and they were brilliant against Tottenham they ended up drawing 2-2 mm-hmm. they were unlucky but they were absolutely brilliant in that game and that felt like a turning point for them and you could see from there to the end of the season that Guardiola's vision was beginning to form yeah. I think that's what we need to see now between now and the end of the season Mourinho what's his identity vision. though well, this is the it. question yeah. no one knows <laughs> when March yeah. the second season you know with Mourinho the, I think it's a lazy um, analysis of him but it's always oh incredibly defensive blah blah yeah. blah well that's not really true is it what it is no. is He's very effective, and it's all about um, uh, yes, winning at all costs, and, and sometimes. But also is. playing to his own strengths. As Absolutely, well. yeah. And maybe United don't have. He's not playing to United's strengths at the moment. I mean, yeah. you question what United's strengths are. It's down <laughs> to yeah. wonder saves. Which yeah. we've had a lot of. Yeah. How many of his of those players fit into what his? It almost feels vision like is. I don't know, and I, I think it's a bit too easy just to say, "Oh no, they can't do what I want." Because there was a bit of that with. Guardiola last year wasn't it oh if only uh, he didn't have Zabaleta and (laughs) then we'd see how fantastic they are and then they replaced them and we'd see how fantastic they are Um, (laughs) so so maybe he was onto something but you know it'd be too easy for Mourinho to say oh if only I had the players because well isn't that the job of a manager and also Mourinho's stock has been about doing more with what he's got yeah exactly being graced in some of the parts Inter Milan I don't think anybody thought they would win the Champions League that year likewise Porto turn them into Champions League winning teams and that to me is the worrying thing about this United side last night they were far less than the sum of their parts yeah I think it's interesting what you touched on a bit earlier about United's improvement this season of course they're in second and I guess one real real glimmer for United is they're always going to be unfairly sort of compared to this City side that are likely to break the points record etc etc like I said they are second at very worst to say maybe finish third in the Premier League out of the Champions League now, though, they're in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. What would constitute a success for Mourinho in his second season? Like I said, there's been a marked improvement this year, but would United fans be happy with just the FA Cup? And what if, I'm not saying United are going to win the FA Cup, but mm-hmm. you think they've got to either beat Chelsea or Spurs really to do that, what, what would constitute a success for United this season? I suppose there's so few options now that it's yeah. only winning the Cup for the second. That's all you got. Um, whereas we were speaking about earlier, you know, earlier in the season when they lost the Manchester Derby all, but they're still in the League Cup. Yeah, so they have the positives. Whereas, you know, the competitions are dwindling now. So, 
But also, sort of last season, United knew that the Europa League was that one sort of yeah. they had to win, and they did do it in the end. It's so, true. Well, maybe the FA Cup will be that this year. You know, they, they focused everything on the Europa League, didn't they, last year? Because mm. it was, you know, like you said, last yeah. chance to win. I don't know. I think, like Kieran says, beggars can't be choosers. Whatever they can get, <laughs> whatever they can get now constitutes yeah. a success from here, doesn't it? Um, I mean, I, I think with Mourinho, he is all about trophies. Yeah. It's all about, I left this club, I won this many trophies there. So for him, he's got to have a piece of silverware. And I think that's how he thinks. It's, it's all about, look, there's another trophy. So like Guardiola, you know, he, he wins the league this year, the League Cup. That's two trophies in three years. Mourinho could still say, well, I had three trophies in, yeah. in, two, in two years, whatever it was. So I, I think for him, it's definitely silverware. Um, but I think it's dangerous territory for him to go down and say at the end of the season, there's another trophy, and I finished second. Yeah. Because doesn't that sound like someone that we all know? <laughs> it's Arsene Wenger, isn't it? Yeah. It's Arsene Wenger, and Mourinho called him a specialist in failure. He knows very well what constitutes success, and that's one of two trophies. Yeah. That's the, the league title in the Champions League. Yeah. So, okay, as I was saying before, it's all what you're looking for now is improvement. And improvement is obviously finishing second, winning the FA Cup. That's more successful than last season. Even though I, I, I would say the Europa League is a bigger trophy yeah. because it's a European trophy, but essentially United viewed the Europa, uh, Europa League last year as a route to the Champions League, or second place is obviously that anyway. So it, it's a trophy and second place. If we're having to chip away at that as we've had to throughout <laughs> the season, uh, so if it becomes after this weekend, um, Just oh well, well, they've still got second place to play for, I think you start saying actually this, you know, this isn't so great. Yeah. <laughs> You mentioned, yeah. you mentioned there that this weekend, big game now against Brighton, Saturday night, a late one for you as the 7.45 kickoff in the FA Cup, the magic of the yeah, cup. Yeah, I only noticed that the other day. Um, you feel so for the Brighton fans. Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> the Brighton fans have a long trip back and I think they've yeah. missed the last train, definitely. Um, but that, that game against Brighton, it is the biggest game of the season now for United to the end of the season. It's win at all costs for Mourinho. Every game team's win at all costs, and that's what that's what they do. It, um, I mean, you, you wonder what the atmosphere is going to be like, don't yeah. you? Because um, after last night, it's such a such a letdown. Yeah. Um, and to those United fans as well, going there, you know, they know we could, this is what this is what our season yeah. comes down to. This is what we're excited about beating Brighton. Yeah, they they're going to know that. Standards have fallen yeah. dramatically here. You know that will come a day after City and Liverpool know who they've got in the Champions League, won't it? You know it's it, it's just a sad indictment of where the club have gone um, since since Fergie left. Um, but of course that was Fergus's first trophy, the FA Cup, and uh, I can remember that period. I was I was a child at the time, but um, <laughs> I wasn't reporting on it. Um, but I, I remember you know Fergie winning that was a major deal. Yeah. Obviously, back then the FA Cup was more than it is today. But yeah, it, it, yeah, if they lose that, you dread to think, especially going into an international break. Oh, there, is a, there is a vacuum there that can be filled by a lot of negativity. <laughs> yeah, it's to to not win that game is almost unthinkable, isn't it? But, yeah. um, I think he'll prepare for this game as he did for Sevilla and Liverpool. He, all the, through the week, he's kind of spoken like that. You know, you have three games quick succession and three different competitions but you take each one as it comes you know I think the, the scouting dossiers would be just as detailed on Brighton yeah. as they were on Sevilla even though they didn't have much against Sevilla evidently but um, 
yeah, there have been a lot of letdowns <laughs> this season. After the Manchester derby, it was kind of like, gosh, another 20 games to get through. And <laughs> you're thinking the season's already over. and That's why this kind of little rally was was so hard and they have momentum again. And it's again, it's just like, oh, <laughs> now there's 10 games of the season mm-hmm. left. So, you know, you'd like to think they can at least get it to when we get to the semi and that's when it really gets interesting with either Tottenham potentially or Chelsea or whoever. For me, the biggest issue this weekend is who he plays in goal. I think... Mm. Can he afford to not play David? Well, he's pretty much set his stall out that it looks yeah. like it's it's Romero. <clears throat> we saw in the um, Europa League final last year, he wasn't afraid to upset the yeah. hair then uh, by playing Romero. Um, I think... And I, I just wonder, yeah, I get slaughtered by United fans every time, every time I bring this up. But Here we go again. I genuinely Where think this is an issue that I just don't know why uh, other people don't seem to think it's an issue as well. David De Gea this season has been, he's probably going to be player of the year again, isn't Got he? Or, yeah. If yeah. not, if not should be. I think he's generally now considered the best goalkeeper in the world. Um, I, he, is he going to go through a season, this season at United? And have to let's say they win the FA Cup and have to sit and watch another goalkeeper pick up the trophy. Why do you want to stay? And that's is that all he's going to have? So this season yeah. I got I got the I got second place in the league and I got, some, and the fans got a good seat at Wembley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just and I, I thought that last season, you know, he's not won much in his career. He won one title with United um, last season, Europa League final. That would have been the biggest, other than the Premier League, the yeah. biggest individual, the biggest uh, competition he would have won. He won it with Atletico as well. Did he play in that? Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It would have been joint the biggest competition he's won. Uh, okay. United is not one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it would have been a. It's a big deal. It would have been a big deal to him, wouldn't yeah. it? And he's sitting and watching someone else take all the plaudits, and you think, well, this is a keeper who, what, three years ago, nearly joined Real Madrid, but yeah. for um, the fax machine <laughs> going wrong, if we if we're to believe that. But in that time, he would have won two Champions Leagues, and instead, he's been at United. And he's won, uh, he's got the nice gala dinner at the end of every season at Old Trafford where he's named Player of the Year. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. What did you win though? Uh, I've, I've, got, uh, I've got a League Cup and uh, yeah, I've, got, I've got an FA Cup. And what has... Um, fans love me. What has Kayla Navas won in that yeah. time? You know, yeah. you think, yeah, he knows how good he is. Yeah. And you must be thinking, look, I know you've got to keep everyone happy but right now keep the best goalkeeper in the world happy keep the only world class player at the club happy the, keep the only player who Real Madrid would actually want to sign <laughs> happy but that's, that's what I was Scott McTominay might prove a lot oh, of yeah. that well months, he so. might well but right now he isn't um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I thought when I was in, when I was in Seville uh, when I arrived a couple of weeks yeah. ago I was waiting for the press conference um, and outside the stadium there was a there was a nice little cafe, and I sat out in the cafe in uh, in February. Um, I'd gone out, gone out there with a woolly jumper on and my and my big coat because we'd, we'd been freezing over here. Took my jumper off. It was t-shirt weather, middle of the afternoon. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. The tre- trees lined the streets, and they've got oranges on them. But it was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it's a beautiful part of the world as well, Seville. And I thought, De Gea coming back here, on the, and on that day when again United had to rely on him being yeah. brilliant. I thought. There's no way he's not looking around and thinking, oh, oh yeah, this is what life used to be like in February, yeah. as opposed to what it's like in Manchester. Mm. And then all the newspapers the next day have got him on the front cover, and De Gea the hero, yeah. blah, blah, blah. 
he wouldn't be human if he's like thinking, what on earth am I doing? Go back to your homeland where you loved. Exactly, where, you, where your fiancé lives, yeah. girlfriend lives, I don't know. Am I, am I progressing that too much? No, that all good for him? you wonder just as that personal value he gets at United and the adulation he gets is keeping him there as much as anything. Yeah. Because I, I think, that went extinct, surely. But I, no, I think um, there was a definite moment before Mourinho came where he was, again, seriously considering it. But I think he, he acknowledges that there's a plan there and that the club is moving forward, as he said. He's 27. Um, you know, he's got 10 years at the top, you would think. Um, but it'd be very interesting to see. I think they're one of the biggest things they have to get sorted this summer is, is tying him down because, uh, as you say, he's, <laughs> they're only world-class players, they're goalie. And um, I think if you had him committed and selling that vision of breaking the appearance record and all that rubbish, but also, of course, winning titles, because I think for him would almost be as satisfying having come through so many tough years in England to win a title again with United to win a Champions League United that, that's an amazing challenge for him as well because you're probably potentially looking at him one day you know being in the frame for being a skipper even you know so there's a definite path there that's long established um, for him to you know be a legend mm. in Manchester and I think um, at Real Madrid he'd be you would think they're going to sign more players, obviously, this summer. Mm-hmm. He'll be one of many legends going down their history. Whereas I think United, he's, he's got that platform to to be that kind of Roy the Rovers in goal, you know, <laughs> bail them out time and time yeah. again. I don't doubt his <laughs> commitment to United because obviously yeah. he's shown that he could have been kicking up a stink every summer yeah. and that hasn't been the case. Um, but... I think you're asking a lot if you're hoping he's going to be the uh, the Matt Letizia of United, <laughs> where he's going to give up all the the personal. But, but that's because yeah. United, yeah, yeah United, United are ready now. They're going to. Uh, sorry, I don't know why. Letizia played yeah. for the South. I don't know. I know. <laughs> just get. I just said you corrected me earlier. It's getting hot. I think the idea of United, you know, not winning a title in the next decade, quite scary to imagine yeah. that they don't. And there's an obvious progression there, and he's seeing that, and that's why he's not, you know, throwing his toys out ground. Not that that's his style anyway. But um, you go to Madrid, you see how quickly the situation can change there. You know, you can go in as a, a huge signing, and it can chew you up there. Even though he's so obviously proven, um, I think United is still a good fit for him at the moment. Yeah. But he, they have to keep that ambition going because. Um, you gotta keep signing and trying to sign some of the best players, and you gotta, as I said, try and tie him down because he's their best asset. I just worry that things like last night would make him think, mm-hmm. yeah. actually, this isn't going in the direction <laughs> I thought it was. You yeah. know, just when I thought it was, it's not. Um, I think he maybe has that. United have shown so much faith for him over the years. Yeah. When he first comes, so many question marks about him. Mm-hmm. And look his at development's been ridiculous. Look at Madrid earlier this season. Yeah, Zidane was on the verge of losing his job. And also, well, that's just that's just the norm, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but, but also. Real Madrid um, in recent years they've got far more patience with managers than United yeah. <laughs> uh, he's been through a few of them at United hasn't he it's an article right and also in terms of your the, the club legend thing the, the other thing is will he ever be as big as Peter Schmeichel and I think I think, think, United United fans I think he just needs the trophies to confirm yeah. that really I think United I know, but that's, that's precisely where we are isn't it he's yeah. not getting those trophies Peter Schmeichel yeah. is the treble winning but also I think some fans look at it in the way of who he's got in front of him when you look at Peter Schmeichel's oh, yeah. defence he's got a settle back for everyone you know who's playing but when David De Gea he doesn't know who's 
Right back, back to centre back. Yeah, he's got a different face <laughs> in front of him every week. But how many people, how many United fans who would say De Gea is the greatest keeper actually watch Beach Michael? That's a good question. And it's a question I can't answer. Send, <laughs> send your answers in. If not the postcard, I guess it's just can we keep him from the I sweet did watch oranges of Sevilla yeah. or not? But then Schweiger came in as 29 as well, wasn't he? Yeah. still two years younger yet. He's, well, how many seasons now? Six, seven, eight seasons? Yeah. Just, Staggering. Exciting. Well, we will be back next week, hopefully reflecting on United's triumph in the FA Cup over Brighton. It's a tough test ahead for Joseph Mourinho's men and another response is needed after the embarrassment against Sevilla. James, it's been a pleasure to have you here. Kieran, likewise. Thank you for listening to Manchester's Red Podcast for the Manchester Evening News. Be sure to subscribe and keep up to date on iTunes and Audioboom and stick with us for all the latest news regarding Manchester United. 